clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex, trying to mimic the way the doc was delivering her <laughs> last bit of I was going to say, were you mimicking my cadence? Yeah, what'd you think? It was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Huh? A little little disconcerting makes me feel like we're spending too much time together you love spending time with me you love it you, you can't know, I deny love, it i love it in the way that we do which is from a distance thousands of miles between us from a distance welcome back to the university of pleasure folks it's good to be back in the saddle again with my cohort dr cohort. jansen yeah. Cohort. You don't like cohort? Right. Is that is was that I thought cohort co, isn't cohort gender neutral? Well, cohort. I don't I don't know. I when I think of a cohort, I think of like a group of people, but it could maybe it's just a group of two. Listen, I don't know. I didn't take the SATs. Okay. So sometimes I, mean, I might right. use words that right fit. I think trend. the word fits and then maybe it doesn't fit. Cohort. Uh an ancient Roman military unit comprising 6th century. A group of people banded together or treated as a group. Yeah, I think. So we're a cohort. We're a cohort together. I don't think I, as an individual, am a cohort. Tomato, tomato. Anyway. <laughs> Potato, <hope>. tomato. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope everybody is doing well. We know things are a little crazy right now. We hope you are all finding a little bit of pleasure in your lives, even though um, things are difficult. And we want to say thank you all to those people who are keeping us safe and healthy out there. We are so grateful um, to all of you. And uh, today, today's topic, <laughs> it's... Yeah, it was my gift to you. You're welcome. Oh. I don't know. I can't remember when your birthday is. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this... This is birthday, Christmas, if I was Jewish, Hanukkah, like all of those things would be wrapped into this topic today. Should I tell everybody what it is? Because they're all you chomping at the bit. They're chomping at the bit. Okay. Adventures in anal. The back door for beginners. Oh, yeah. Although I would like to say, ladies and gentlemen and folks out there today, I want to make this very clear because when we were in our last episode, the doc kind of chastised me for saying like advanced and that now this is uh, beginners know. in the title. So I just I, – it's the mixed signals that I don't understand. Um, well, first of all, I did not chastise you. I gave you a piece of – critical feedback to consider and if you I take chastised, feedback and you can't say that i didn't feel that way because that's how i felt 
it's true, you felt chastised, but you might want to consider what's going on that critical feedback is so difficult for you to say. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I always try to stick it to her. and She always finds a way to wiggle around it and dock maneuver. <laughs> it's like that's my job or something. It's like she knows what she's talking about. It's like she's good at this or something. Okay, let's get back to the topic because I'm like really excited. And I know that sounded totally fake, but it really isn't. I'm really that excited. Because I have been, we've talked about this in the past. I may have been told I was an anal Sherpa from time to time. Help people into a world of exploration. And I love this world. I think it's a world that that is exciting and it's like, you know. You're talking about the world of anal pleasure. Yeah? Yes. Well, of course. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was I, I getting too lost clear. in the moment? Yeah, you were. I just want to be clear what it like that this is a, a world that you're excited about. The world, I'm very right? excited. I love this world. I think it's a beautiful world on every front. And let's dive in. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in case it's not clear, today we'll be talking about anal. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, anal. You're like <laughs> right now. You're like that. That like really over enthusiastic guy in the audience. It's like play Freebird. I can't like, <laughs> like just like can't settle down. Stairway. <laughs> you have you basically you have Freebird energy right I now. I have one hundred percent Freebird energy. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. Yeah. Anal is is a yeah. whole frontier that needs to be explored, like Star Trek exploring yeah. the final frontier. Yeah, for some, it's a new land, a new unexplored territory. Right. I mean, obviously there. are Plenty of people listening out there who have already explored, enjoyed, love, anal stimulation and play, right? So this and may not be one. And plenty who are like, it's not my thing. Don't take it. Yeah. And yeah. And, and there's that's a okay whole too. Lot of, yeah. There's a whole lot of people that have never really felt comfortable or they're not really feeling ready to give it a go. Also fine too. This is probably geared more to those people that have been a little curious about it, maybe want to get started or thinking about getting started and want to, you know, think about some ways to go about doing that. That's really probably who this dialogue is for today. Yeah, that's right. Although and the most exciting it, but... aspect of this is the doc is going to take a back seat and your old pal, Jeremiah James, is going to be the one who's going to walk that's you through no, no, step by step. That, no, that's it does. It starts true. with one as I hold up my finger. One. And then you can... What? It's not? Yeah. No, you're not leading this dialogue. You should, you should let me lead it. I swear I'll do I, such a good job. I... I believe in you, but not today. Um, so... <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Cough. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. How about maybe it, let, let's regroup, right? So I think it would be helpful to first maybe talk about like, just why is this an area that people are scared of, right? Because there might be some people that are listening like anal. Why is this a big deal, right? Well, to some people, right, people are less comfortable with it. And it can be a scarier thing to get into or a little bit more anxiety provoking. And there are probably two primary reasons for that. One, hygiene factors, right? Oh, yeah. AKA, yep. AKA poop, poop, right? People and get, everybody does it. Everybody does it, right? But I would say that one of the bigger things that maybe dissuade people or keep people from wanting to investigate 
anal further are just, you know, fears, concerns about those kind of hygiene variables. But honestly, another really big one, Anna, is the cultural stigma around it, right? So there's been a history of stigma um, associated with, you know, anal sex, anal sort of play. And honestly, that's probably deeply rooted in, you know, our country's history of homophobia. I mean, sodomy. Yeah, big time. I don't know if you're aware of this. Sodomy was still illegal in 14 states up until 2003 when the Supreme Court made the decision. Wait, 2003. Wait, 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 wait. It was illegal? It was illegal. In, like, are we talking uh, like, so state law. So I wasn't actually breaking federal law. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it was, it was illegal in all, it was a felony in what? all the states. In all of the states prior to 1962, and it wasn't until 2003 that the Supreme Court made a decision. It was Lawrence v. Texas. It was actually a really important case, right? It was actually also a really important case for gay rights, but it was also in that case that they turned over sodomy being illegal as well as oral sex in certain states where it was still illegal. Yes. Between consenting people. Doc, I am a felon. I mean, (laughs) straight up. Thank God for the courts, man. Right. Well, and, you know, some of those laws, right, like maybe weren't still being um, utilized or like, you know, people were sort of it was like old law books. But, you know, it was certainly a law that was maybe used at convenient times as another way to, you know, oppress you know, people in the LGBT community. And so shameful, right, it is. So it's it is a very recent part of history. And frankly, homophobia is still a part of our current history. So, you know, yes, it is very sadly. So different people, I may have different opinions about that, but I would I would probably heavily argue that. And, you know, this is I'm going to say right now, you know, there's no opinions. It is is truth. That is unfortunately something that still exists in our society. You can doctor your way around and say that you would heavily argue your opinion from that. No, it's a, I'm not a doctor. I don't have to say it. It's true. And <laughs> well, it I is mean, shameful. I feel very strong. Yeah. I feel very strongly that this is still a major problem. And as a result, right, it impacts the way too, that people view certain types of sexual behavior and, you know, have maybe complex or mixed feelings about like maybe their urges to engage in that behavior or the, you know, like feelings of conflict over enjoying that type of behavior, which, you know, we can talk more about later, but Basically, my point is, is that's also part of, you know, sometimes people don't really acknowledge that. But, you know, sometimes uh, we did the uh, the episode on prostate play. That's right? right. We talked about we talked about this then. And why do sometimes maybe uh, men get a little bit, you know, uh, queasy about prostate play. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely argue that homophobia plays a role in that. And so, you know, it's just something to always bring to people's awareness because this is not just part of our past. It's a part of our current history as well. Agreed. Anyway. Well done, Doc. Anyway, well done. it's part, it's, we talked about our baggage last episode and this is part of our cultural baggage that, that is we are correct. all still working through. Way all to right. tie it all together. And I would just yeah, like right? to say that my guilt does not come from homophobia when it comes from anal play. It comes from the fact then I'm weak, Doc. I'm weak. I just, I get so nervous. That's why I think all you ladies are so much tougher than I have ever been with it and done anal. And I say at least ladies, but you know, like, I just, I, you mean I, around like engaging in a type of penetration? Yeah. Well, for, yeah. Well, because I, you know, since that prostate play episode, I've been getting a lot of, uh, you know, knocking at the door of interest to try that from yeah. my partner's well, today's, perspective. Today's episode is the back door for beginners. 
And so I know you were talking about an anal Sherpa for other people. I know. And that's the guilt. That's the guilt I carry. I'm like, hey, you know, I can't be that guy who's like, hey, you know what? You know, don't be scared. You shouldn't. It's all good. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I don't know. On the flip side, I feel hypocritical. Well, then this episode is for you, Jeremy. Well, I'm going to listen intently. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready to learn. Um, All right. Well, the other reason that just people might be scared of it is also it's the unknown, right? Like whenever something is new, it can be both really scary and really exciting, right? And people may not know how their body is going to respond or what their body is going to do or how they're going to feel. And that's another thing that just might keep people from doing it. But I want to be clear um, that you know, this is not a podcast about saying that everyone should engage in like or enjoy anal or frankly, any type of sexual stimulus for that matter. But, you know, really, again, this is about like, if you have some curiosity, if you have some interest, or if like Jeremiah, you just want to challenge yourself to try new things, which is what I just just like trying new things. That's about how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, These are some strategies for giving a go. Um, And the other big note is today I want to be really clear that we're not just focusing on anal intercourse, right? So if people say anal, right, or people say sex, a lot of times they go straight to intercourse. And that's what people are thinking about. That's a part of anal. That's a part of anal play or a part of um, anal pleasure. But there are a whole lot of different things that can occur in the space between not engaging in any anal play and anal intercourse. Agreed. And I want to talk about some of those things because sometimes, right, if we're talking about like if you're a beginner, those are actually better ways to start. Okay. Well, should we start at the top and kind of work our way through? Sure. Sure. Also, oh, I had one more caveat. I always have 30 caveats. Seriously, this this is like, yeah, this is like, uh, continue. The world's longest intro. You're like, by the way, and, and I want to make it very clear. And I'm like, you are being so so clear. You are so lucky you were not on, like, the board that had to read my dissertation. It was like a million page. <laughs> like, just the just the introduction. <laughs> I felt so bad for those people. Um, no, but the other note that I wanted to make, but it is important. I think they're all important. This is not gender specific, all right? Short of maybe, like, a medical issue, pretty much everyone has an anus and an anal canal, I canal, i.e. erectum, right? So this is something for people across genders, right? So across genders, there are lots of people that can enjoy, that can love, not love, or be curious about anal pleasure. So that was it. I just wanted to Thank you for always being very clear, though. And I know I make jokes, but I really do love how you are so clear because it really is very helpful, I think, for people who are listening. I know it's been helpful for me in the past when I'm sitting here not paying attention to what it is we're talking about. And <laughs> then you're very clear about something. And I'm like, oh, um, boy, I was glad she was clear on that because I would have just jumped and been like, woo, yeah. So thank you for your clarity, Doc. Great. All right. So great. Uh, <laughs> great. So thank you for that. I'm trying I, to say what? something thank nice. And you go, I appreciate great. your compliment. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to be thorough if it is not excessively clear by now. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, where shall we begin? All right, so in terms of like someone who's a beginner, I think that starting small, like so what I would say is start small and start for you. So what do I mean by start for you? No, okay? I was confused by that. All right, what I mean by start for you is that a lot of times People will engage in a certain type of sexual play. This isn't just about anal at this point for somebody else, 
right? Somebody else is interested in it. Somebody else wants it. And maybe they feel a little pressure or some obligation. Um, and that's really why they're engaging in that type of play. But you're always going to have a better time if you do something in which you have some personal motivation, right? That you find that there's some piece of value in doing it, one that's personally motivated, one that's just for you. Does that make sense, Jeremiah? I mean, no, I'm confused. Okay. All right. So like if, <laughs> are you confused about what does it mean for people not to do things just for you? I need to be really clear right now. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I mean, are you confused about my concept or are you confused about the social experience of someone doing something for themselves and not just for you? It was a little of both. I mean, yeah. I was <laughs> I was like, I don't I guess, understand. And then I was like, does she mean, I don't understand. So continue. Does she mean that it's not all about me? Yeah. That's weird. Um, That's weird. Uh, right. Okay. So like an example would be, let's say someone has a partner that really wants to try anal intercourse, right? And they bring, bringing it up a lot and they bring in, been bringing it up, I don't know, over the course of maybe a couple of years or several months. And they're kind of like, well, I feel like I have to do that. Right. I feel like I need to do that. And what I'm saying is, if you're going to do that, you need to find some personal reasons for doing that. And those personal reasons could be a number of different things, right? Like, you know, I think maybe part of the reason that I would try that or I would do that is not just about my partner's desire, but um, it makes me feel good if I can do things for them that they enjoy, right? Okay. Like, that's for me, okay. right? That's like, fair that's, enough. So that's compersion, right? That's pleasure from the pleasure of another. That right. is personal. I love compersion. Right? It's a great the, word another, too. Right. Another thing would be like, well, you know, I want to see if it's something that I can find some pleasure in that maybe I might like from a stimulation perspective, right? I want to see if I can find some value in it that's for me. And the reason that I say that is that the attitude, and we've talked about this before, right? The attitude that you go into something with shifts your experience of it, right? Yeah, like literally psychologically, yes. mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like generally, like for example, I don't love a craft fair. Okay. Like <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. No, yeah, it's like, you know, that like came it's out not of nowhere. Okay. Right. I don't, I don't love a craft. I'm using it as an example. Okay. I don't love a craft fair. It's not my scene. Right. I can appreciate the art of it. Right. But if like, I say that because a pre COVID someone, had me join the Metacraft fair. Right. And I had to find a lot of personal reasons <laughs> to, <laughs> to enjoy. <laughs> I had to dig deep, deep to enjoy my time there. Right. Yes, yes. And, but you know, I've gone and done similar things in the past where I had a miserable time because I didn't like take a moment to be like, okay, why am I going? Like in that case, I was like, okay, well I get to spend time with my friend. Right. And I get to see some people's artistry, even if it's like not my gig. Right. Like I was trying to think of like ways to get myself in a good space for it. Right. Yeah. And okay. those were personal factors and those were personal things. And times before where I've maybe, I'm thinking of a time I went with somebody to a wedding show, also not my thing. Right. And I had a miserable time, probably because I went in with kind of a kind of an attitude and kind uh, of felt obligated. Duh. And I kind of felt right. And I kind of felt like it was something that I had to do and I didn't really have a choice. And that totally wrecked my time. Does that make sense? Makes perfect Fair sense. Mind? I'm 100 percent on board. And I think our listeners are as well. And now that they all understand.
Let's move along. And now that we figured all those things out, what's the next step? Okay. So I would say, especially if you're feeling a little tentative, right? Whether it's because you're, maybe your partner didn't ask and you're just wanting to try it for you, right? Um, the first thing would be to think about starting by yourself, right? Beginning by yourself. Um, uh, you know, obviously that's probably more of the case if you have a partner, if you don't have a partner, then you're going to be doing it by yourself anyway. But especially if you have someone requesting it and you're feeling a little tentative, it can be really helpful to first do these things in more of a masturbatory environment than, uh, so what I need for hypothetically speaking, if I was doing, play? yeah, for if if a, yes. if my friend was interested in quotes, <laughs> you don't need to be ashamed or hide. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. Should... Just, I'm talking about my friend. So, and would it be a toy or would it be like well, fingers? What 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 would okay. be a good starting point? So okay. So the reason that I would say to start by yourself, right, is because those are some things that you get to experiment with and you can go at whatever rate you want, right? Being alone can often feel much safer because it takes away the element of pressure or pleasing another person, right? Right. right. Like for instance, if you don't like something, you can just stop and you don't have to like apologize for it or explain it or justify it to anyone. You can Good just like call. be done, right? Right. We've talked it's, about th things similar, yeah. not about necessarily anal, but, you know, practicing and masturbation, finding things that you yeah. like on your own is a good way. So when you get into that room, you got more on your buffet. You know what you like. Right. And, and it helps you figure out what you like and what you don't like so you can communicate that more effectively, which is always helpful if you're nervous about something. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. um, and you also can use that space to work through shame over your pleasure without an audience. Okay, okay, okay. So shame, shame over pleasure. Shame over... Are we talking about like uh, personal shame? I'm confused. Okay. Explain it. So shame. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty today, Jeremiah. Um, when am I not honest, uh, So I working. keep it real. Thank you. What I mean, your realness is one of my most favorite things about you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and your much. false, along with your false sense of bravado. Um, <laughs> so. You're good to me. Yeah. So what I mean by shame over pleasure is sometimes when people are engaging in a sexual behavior that they maybe have a little bit of feelings of conflict over, right? Having pleasure during that act can actually create shame, like feelings of shame or just feelings of a little bit of conflict or distress, right? Like, we were talking earlier about like, and this is kind of specific to anal, right? Where somebody maybe has experienced a lot of stigmatizing messages about anal pleasure, right? That could be very true. If, yeah, yeah. Right. And if you're alone and you're doing stuff and you maybe have been one of those people that has had a lot of those stigmatizing messages and maybe intellectually, you know, that's no big deal and it's just fine. But that doesn't mean just because intellectually, you know, something that that you know, those shame monsters can still they still come up. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It does not matter. If, it does not matter you, how smart you are, yep, how logical you yep. are. Those things hang out for all of us. I like that you call it a shame monster. I like that. That's a good one. And I think it's good because it it, 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 it doesn't matter how logical you are. It doesn't matter, like you were saying, how smart you are. You know, if you're somebody that like, all I can do is use me, doc. All I can do is use me. Okay. Please, so I'm not making it about do. me. I'm just using me because I'm only me, and that's the only example I have. So, Great. you know, there's a sensibility that I have that, you know, um, 
anal sex somehow makes you like anything that would have to do with anal play being a straight man, uh, you know, mm. that anything has to do with like anal play. If I wanted to do that and I found pleasure in that, that it could possibly it, quite make me question my sexuality or if I were to tell somebody about that, that it would somehow yeah. question my sexuality because I like if, you know, my partner wanted to use a butt plug and I was interested in, hey, why not? You know, and that could bring up shit. I know logically, hey, man, I do a sex podcast with the doc who's a super genius, okay? (laughs) I understand that logically that's not real. Like, I'm not, my sexuality is not in question because we're going to engage in prostate play. But then, you know, you might try it and I have not yet tried it. But that is in my head that all of a sudden, you know, that little shame monster might come up and be like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Sexuality. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's something that's just very real. And, you know, as we're talking about this, I think that I don't know if it's called the shame monster or not, but have you seen uh, the show Big Mouth on Netflix? I've seen like a half an episode. I was loving it and I have not jumped back into it. It's very funny. And I I think they actually have like a like real life like iteration of a shame monster on that show that like (laughs) shows up in adolescence. That may actually exist, but but it's it's a really accurate manifestation of sort of how this can work. But, you know, that the idea is like that 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 shame, you know, that can pop up. And sometimes maybe it's not as strong as shame, but a little bit of guilt or just conflict, right? Like right. Feeling conflict, of conflict, yes. Right. And a lot of people have had sexual experiences where they like really enjoyed something and they were like, Oh God, I really liked that. What does that mean about me? Right. right. Like it what does that makes mean? them question it. Yeah. And if you're alone, right, and you're doing some of the stuff alone and you're trying it alone, you don't have to work through that that those maybe a little bit more complex feelings with an audience. Right. right? With, the, with somebody can, watching with like their hands on their chin, like, and how was it for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you can have a little space and a little time in that. And so I'm always a really big fan of like try stuff on your own first, create that space, whether it's, you know, figuring it out with your own body or working through some of those complex emotions. I think it's a really, you know, it might be like, eh, I don't want to take the time to do that. But I'm like, well, you might have a way better experience if you take the time to do that. And it might help you have many more amazing experiences beyond that. So sometimes it's worth not taking shortcuts. And just so as a doc says, don't take shortcuts. Definitely trying to play a little bit on your own. Try to figure some stuff out. And when we come back from our quick break, the doc is going to explain levels two, three, four, five, six, and advanced. <laughs> I know though... you're messing with me. <laughs> I know you're messing with me. I'm not going to take the bait, Jeremiah. <laughs> Let's take our break. (laughs) We'll be right back. And we're back. And the doc is going to talk about some physical logistics of things you could try. Uh, Things that you could do by yourself and then possibly with partners. So let's get into it. Okay. Um, This is where the start slow piece comes in, right? So for instance, before you start, I want to know if this is true. This might be a rumor that I just heard. Is it something? Is there something to this? I thought I read this in like one of those like joys of sex book when I was like hiding in like a Barnes and Noble when I was like 13. But is it a true thing that if you play with a, a woman specifically, uh, her anus, that that 
will help to continue to make her wet? Or is that just something that I learned like in How to Screw a 92 and just, I don't remember? Um, I would imagine that it depends, right? Like you're talking uh, about like, does that stimulate? Rule. Just stimulating the exterior of the anus with like a finger. Yeah. And that like, it, yeah, you, you, you... I mean, for some, like, I think if some, it could for some people and not for other people, right? It really depends on probably a number of variables. Like, does that person want anal stimulation at yeah, that time? I guess there are a lot of variables. Are, I thought it was a hard, yeah, fast rule. They want it at that time. Are they interested in it? Do they find it arousing subjectively? Does their body work that way? Do they struggle with lubrication in general? I mean, there's so many variables. So basically so what depends. you're saying is whatever I read that in probably was not telling me 100% the truth or was too simplistic. Too simplistic. Okay. Thank you, Doc. Continue. Let's actually get into the nitty gritty now. I just didn't want to put that out there before I forgot. But you know what? I appreciate the question. Thank you Thank for you. clarifying. Thank you very much. Um, so again, starting slow. So might feel silly, but... If you've never even touched your anus in a sexual way, then you probably just want to start there. Yeah, that's a good right? start. That's a good start. I think I agree. Right? Like, if you've literally never even touched your anus uh, during, like, sexual play in any way or had anyone else touch it, that's a good starting point, right? Yep, yep, yep. And so I probably would encourage, like, if you're, like, absolute beginner, right, where that's never, you've never had any kind of anal stimulation, and... Honestly, it is really helpful to adjust to different types of stimulation. So I would probably start with more external stimulation, right? Stimulating the outside because there is nerve endings there that can also feel good, right? So you can see how it feels just to rub on the outside. You can do that maybe with some lubricant or not. You could maybe use a vibrator against your anus and see how you like that, oh, right? Okay, okay. Um, and if, you know, and spend a little time with that and frankly just see how you feel about those type of sensations, right? Now, if you want to start engaging in penetration, I recommend either just starting with like a finger, right? Or if fingers freak you out, start with a small toy. Um, and it's usually better if it's been one that's been designed for anal play. Yep. Why? I was going to say, get out Jeremiah, of my head. why is that helpful? Be Mr. Anal Sherpa? <laughs> On many, many levels, most toys that are designed for vaginal play um, are awkwardly shaped and do not work as well in the anus. And if you get toys specifically for the anus, you will find it to be an easier transition of play and fun. How was that? I didn't even read that off a box. It was, yeah, it was good. I would add one more thing. Of course that's, you were going to add one more thing. That's pretty important, especially if you're using a smaller toy um, and one that hasn't been designed for anal play and you put it in too deep. What will happen, Jeremiah, if you don't have a toy designed for anal, if you just put a toy in that goes up inside you? And it's not designed for an anus. You put it up there too far and you could lose it. Yes. Oops. Oh, I know someone very well that is an ER doctor, and he says that a big portion of his job is taking things out of people's butts. Really? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, People I know it's a thing. It. It's I know it's a thing. A I mean, thing. but I didn't know it was that big a thing. It's a thing, right? And, um, I, you know, I'm not saying people are ever, you know, like, just like, 100% of people just on a daily basis are losing things in their butts. But like, you know, if you're putting something in your butt and it's not designed to be in your butt and if you put it too far up, you can very easily get it stuck there just because there's sort of a vacuum yes. effect. 
right? And so toys that are designed for anal play, keep that in mind. So for instance, love a butt plug. All right. Yes, I love a good butt plug too. I would recommend one that is got a little bit of vibration in it is a really good way. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you can and start again if you're new. Start get a small one. Get the smallest. There are are sizes. People don't realize sometimes. (laughs) I've had friends where I was like, "You should try a butt plug," and they went on got a butt plug. I'm like, "That's as big as my foot. Like that's not a." You could, you know, and they were like, yeah, it was really, I was, I'm really kind of scared of it. I'm like, yeah, why don't you get a small one? <laughs> you can sometimes also buy them in kits. Yes. Like I, kits, well, that right? was just going to they... say, I highly recommend a kit. A, there are actual anal toy starter kits, which have a variation of different toys, like a small butt plug, a, a small anal vibrator, a small, I mean, they're, they're all kind of things and they're small. It's a good starting point. Anyway. Right. Yes. And butt plugs, right, my point about safety is they're winged on the bottom, right? So they can't get lost inside of you, right? And again, some, like Jeremiah brought up, some can vibrate, which, you know, that's another way to play around with sensation. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you obviously can turn it off, turn it on if you don't like it. Um, And again, same idea. You're working to adjust to the sensation. Also, don't forget the lube. For real, don't forget the lube. Yep. Go back it's to our gonna... episode about lube so you understand. Right. We've talked much about lube, right. the importance don't of the good lube. lube, not the crap. Remember, lube. if you're using a silicone toy, don't use a silicone-based lubricant. Correct. Right? Because it can start to eat away at it. Yes. All right. Um, you know, and we already, one of the other things we've already talked about, right, if you're someone with a prostate, we've already talked in a previous episode about prostate massagers, just putting those back on people's, yep. uh, you know, in people's minds. Thanks right? so much, because come Tuesday night, I'm going to have somebody that's like, by the way, did you order any of those that the doc was talking about? And I'm like, <laughs> and oh, you can why take, I ought to talk, why I ought to. <laughs> and you can tell her that you're going to take some alone time and practice with that prostate <laughs> massager slowly. Slowly. You're going to work to navigate all those complex emotions that come up during it. Thank you, Doc. Um, but the other thing, and we talked about this also when we were talking about prostate uh, massage and prostate play, you need to give yourself some time. All right. Penetrative anal play is not the type of masturbatory experience that you can like quick pull off in a five minute break. No, that's true. Right? You're going to take some time to focus. You can't just right. be in a rush. Right. And it's doing it in a rush is a bad idea. So take a little time. You know, the other thing to think about, too, is like privacy. Right. Whenever you're doing something a little more vulnerable, you probably want to make sure you have some like enhanced privacy that can be really helpful. Um, And then, Jeremiah, we should probably talk about hygiene. Hygiene's big. Hygiene, I have found personally that that is the biggest hurdle for most of the partners that I have been with that were interested in playing, you know, anal play, that hygiene was the scariest thing. Like, I'm going to poop all over you, or there's just going to be so much poop, it's going to be so gross, or it's going to be, there's a lot of things around poop. And then, of course, worrying about, you know, hygiene things that you have to think about, especially if you're a woman. And would you agree with that statement, Doc? To make sure that, you know, once you've done having anal play, to make sure that, uh, you know, you shower and clean things properly oh you're talking about like kind of cross-contamination situations yeah. isn't that a right. legitimate like, thing I would say, don't tell me yeah, I've been i mean i would say well <laughs> if you are a woman or a person with a vagina i mean because not everybody 
with a vagina identifies as a woman, right? Correct. So if you're a person with a vagina, right? And yeah, like it's a, it's a thing, right, where you want to make sure that you're practicing proper hygiene because that can create things like yeast infections, UTIs. That's right. So I'm presuming that's what you're talking about. That's what about. I'm talking yes? about. You okay. knew me. You felt me. Yeah. So, I, yeah, like the hygiene thing is often a big barrier for people, right? And that's fair, right? Like if that, you know, you're, you're kind of taught as an adult, like, hey, Try not to poop places. Like, yeah, yeah other than clean. the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, like, that makes sense. Um, But, you know, if it weirds you out, like, there's several things you can do, right? Like, go to the bathroom beforehand. Take a little extra time to shower or clean, right? Yep. If you're really worried about it, you can, you know, possibly do an enema or some light anal douching, right? There are different ways to do this. People also make, like, anal douching kits that are a little bit more, like, pH balanced for the body, That's right? right? Good for you, um, not bad for you. That's right. a bad but, kind of douching like we've talked about in the past. Yeah, but you do want to be mindful of like over douching because sometimes that's not the healthiest thing for your body. If right. you're going to do douching, make sure you go to like quality <laughs> sex, you know, you go to maybe a quality sex shop and get a kit, yes. right? Yes. Like sometimes or order it online from a, a quality place, uh, the Smitten Kitten uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They have a great website. Yep. Right. We've talked about them many times. We're big fans. Um, They should start paying us, incidentally, because we are millions of fans that go there. I should send them, you know, I should at some point send them a link to this podcast. That would probably be good, Dot. Jeez, I can't do everything. (laughs) Come on. Let's be clear that you don't do everything. That's true. As little as possible. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Okay. So, also, here's the thing. Always remember that you can always wash things, right? So if for some reason a little poop does get somewhere, it can be cleaned up, right? If you're super worried about it, lay down an old blanket or like a big towel, have some baby wipes by the side of the bed for quick cleanup, right? If those things make you feel more comfortable, go for it, right? There's no reason to suffer through something. And if that just feels a little more comfortable or makes you feel a little safer, why not? Yep. I tell people all the time, like, you know, 30-second shower, cleans it all right off. It's no big deal. And you got to remember also, folks out there listening, if you're doing this with a partner and the partner really wants to do this with you, they want to do this with you. They are aware of the possibilities of a little bit of poop that might happen. So don't, you you know, if you're both in it together, you know, they want to be there. They know that's a possibility. But I got to be honest with you, in my personal experience, it is rare that it is large amounts. If you prep properly, and even if you're not doing enemas and that sort of thing, just a quick shower, you've gone to the bathroom fairly b- soon before you did this, you're going to be fine, and you shouldn't worry at all. Well, uh, you know, and some people do feel that kind of worry, and that's reasonable just because, again, new things are anxiety-provoking. But at the same time, like even you were saying with a partner, but, you know, even some people might have those fears just on their own. That's true. Could be. (laughs) Right? Just on their own. But either way, I would, you know, think about some of these things. And and also, like I said, like there are ways to do it to maybe make yourself feel a little safer, right? Like take a shower right afterwards, all these things that we're talking about. That's right. But I do think we can get into maybe then if you want to transition to doing this with a partner. Right. Yes. Should yeah. you should you should you have one? Some people might not be interested in doing it with a partner at all, which is totally fine. Could just stay a part of masturbatory play. Yeah, right? good. Good. And maybe you never turn it into a partner thing. Um, same a lot of the same advice, really, right? I would also still recommend in this case starting slow. You don't yep. have to start with anal, anal penetration right That's away. That's true too, yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes it's helpful to maybe go through a similar process that you went 
this is why doing that process by yourself can be helpful is maybe to go through a similar process with your partner, right? Just starting with external stimulation, fingers, vibrators, um, like oral, right? So AKA rim jobs, right? That's what some, you know what I mean? Like such a that's great my name. Way. I'm sorry. I love that name. Rim, rim job. job. And I love the way you say it. You say it, there's like a sharpness to the way you say it. Say it one more time for the whole audience. Rim, rim job. Oh, it's so good. You say that so well. <laughs> it's just Thank like, you. it's, you've got such a sharpness to it. It's like rim job. Like, yeah. Boom. It's like a rim shot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, which is sharp on the drum. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, again, there's nothing like if you have a partner that's like, maybe they're you know that their ideal would be anal penetration, anal intercourse. That doesn't mean you have to start there, right? Like, No, I'm a firm believer. Build into it. Build into that. And part of that is also, you know, if you don't want to start there, but you feel like you could be ready for some of these other things, being honest and advocating for that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I say it a lot, but I really mean it. Like, you don't owe anybody shit, right? Like, so if you don't feel ready to do that, don't do it. But you know, if there are some things you do feel ready for, sometimes just putting those on the table and saying, I don't feel rather than just like, no, right. Sometimes it might be no for that. And yes, to these other things. And a lot of times those other things, people are like, oh, really? Yeah, I would be into that. That would make me feel great, you know? And so finding that gray space, finding that middle ground. All Um, right, doc. Now just take a pause. All of our listeners out there, step into Jeremiah's office for a minute. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So one thing I'd like to recommend, if we go into um, anal play with your partner, we, uh, Doc and I both agree on starting small, but what we haven't gotten to yet is building up in size. And a lot of these kits you can buy start with small pieces that then you build up comfort levels over time. If you're working up to full penetration, with a full-size dildo, maybe a penis. I don't know. It's whatever your pleasure is. But I highly recommend starting with small pieces that get a little bit bigger and slowly size your way into comfort. And now back to our regular scheduled program with the doc who's going to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I won't. That's <gasps> good advice. Oh. Yep. I would... If you want to start working your way into anal intercourse, I would start with other types of penetration first, just like I would recommend alone. I do think, again, following the pattern of what you've done alone can sometimes be helpful because it means that you're a little familiar with it, right? You're going around robbing uh, about what I just said. You're not even, you're not really acknowledging what I just, the, the, the amazing pieces of information that I just passed along to the audience. You're just kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. And come on, wasn't that good? That was good. Quick- and by you, the way, I don't wait, need you question, to tell me it was question. good, and I don't need it for my ego. I'm just saying, like, come on, that it was good, seems, right? It seems like you do need it. <sighs> so we should probably talk about that when we're done with this episode. Stop doctorizing we... me. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, as a friend, as a friend, Jeremiah, we should talk. Uh, <laughs> Fine. For real. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I actually agree with you. Yes. Starting small, Thank working you. up. Now, was that right, so hard? And, huh? Was that so hard? I, I said that the first time. I no, said you, were right. you, you, it wasn't, I didn't feel it strongly. Okay. All right. This is what we'll talk about afterward. Okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Any, the other thing I was going to say is like, remember, if all of these things feel too overwhelming with a partner, you can also just start with fantasy, right? 
like talking about it with a partner, like as a part of sexual play, right? Like fantasizing about it on your own, like while you masturbate, watching pornography about it, right? Like if you're like, if you are somebody that like is really like still struggling even to like integrate that with a partner, right? Like there are also other ways that you can start to like talk about it or approach it with a partner in ways that feel sexual before even diving into any actual physical behavior. You're making faces. What do you think, Jeremiah? I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I think. I think that's great. I think that the fantasy <laughs> is great. Your face was not that great. Let's was, be honest right now. It was just, it was a look of confusion. I'm just like, I, I'm trying to understand. I know that this is an important thing and I'm not, I'm not belittling at all. I just was, I was trying to wrap my brain around. Like dirty talk, oh, right? Well, like dirty, you that's okay. Be- I just, you know, yeah. Okay, great. Like, I'm just saying some people have different levels of anxiety, right? And maybe that's a way somebody could start. Like, all right, let me just start playing with the idea of it with you in like a fantasy way. I got it. I'm with you. I think that's a great idea. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Versus, that sounds very candid. I think it's a great idea. Okay. <laughs> I, so, I, hang on. Hang on. Let me just make it very clear. In all honesty, no jokes. That I, I was confused. That's why I was making that face. It just happens to be that my thinking face is very unattractive it, it looks like i have to go to the bathroom and so i apologize i just was trying to process what you were meaning yeah. by starting in the mind i was like i don't understand i thought we we're talking about anal and we're in our brains i don't i get confused yeah well i'm a psychologist so i'm often going to be thinking about <laughs> what's happening in your mind <laughs> good right? call good call all right the other thing I would say with a partner, just to keep us moving here, right? The other thing about with a partner is to prepare in a way that helps you feel most comfortable, right? Yes. So yes. we talk about the hygiene piece. Um, and, you know, if you're also, the other thing you can always do, if you're a little nervous about it and maybe you've been doing it on your own, but you're not ready for your partner to like kind of take charge, you can also do it in more of a, um, like a mutual masturbation way, right? Yeah. Where you can... You can take charge and be responsible for your own stimulation, right? Like maybe you use, you're the one that puts in a butt plug and masturbate with your partner with it in, right? Like those are different ways to integrate it. And those are like, you can take lots of different steps to step your way up. And again, maybe those are the places that you stop, right? And maybe you do keep going on to anal intercourse, but those are just some different variations, you know, because again, if we use, it's like everything else that we talk about. A lot of times if we're all or nothing, then, you know, if people feel a little anxious, they'll choose nothing. And then maybe they miss out on something that they would have actually liked to try if there was less pressure to like kind of go whole hog. See, and there sense. you have it. And that's why the doc is here, because my way would have been, let's dive in deep and play, play, play. And the doc is so good because she says, Oh, you know, use your mind and then, you know, maybe play by yourself. All things that I would not have recommended uh, nor ever even thought about. So thank you, Doc. (laughs) You are welcome. Um, (laughs) The one other thing, we're going to get into partner etiquette in a hot minute, right? But the one other thing I would say just about, uh, and I mean this very sincerely, uh, very forcefully, just because you've started something doesn't mean you're obligated to finish it. So it's my favorite quote. This is my favorite quote. Right? Give it, give it the quote again, Doc. Give it the quote again. Right. Just because you've started something doesn't mean you are obligated to finish it. So, go. if you have started to engage in, let's say, some anal penetration, whether with a dildo or a penis or whatever a toy or whatever it might be, if you don't like it, 
just because it's begun, I feel like this is more common in intercourse, but just because you started doesn't mean you have to keep going until somebody orgasms or somebody's like sort of been like, oh, now I feel fulfilled. If you don't like it and if it's causing you distress, you get to stop. You get to stop. You know why? And the doc always says it well, because you don't know anybody's shit. Say it for us, doc. Right? You don't owe anybody shit. Thank right? you, doc. You may owe them a difficult conversation. Like you may not owe them, but you may want to have a difficult conversation with them afterwards sure. about why, sure. why you felt uncomfortable. Yeah. But you are not obligated to finish anything. And frankly, um, it, this is a good move into partner etiquette, right? Yes. If you're a partner that's putting pressure on someone to finish it or making someone feel badly because they have stopped, this will not work out well for you in the long run. It's wrong. Shouldn't do it. If somebody wants right? to stop, you stop. Part of the, and if I may say, one of the things about that I have come to find with with anal play, it's about people. It's about trust. It's about people feeling safe and confident with their partner. And if you're somebody who is, you know, trying to push somebody to continue when they certainly don't feel comfortable, that's just wrong. Don't do that. Stop. They stop. Right. You don't owe anybody anything. You tell that person to stop. And your partner, if you're a good partner, you know, it is a very uh, daunting task for some people to try to go down that road. And they may need a little more reassurance and to feel comfortable and safe. And then if for any reason, and I tell any partner this, if for any reason you don't like it or you don't feel comfortable, there's no questions asked. There's no like, oh, but maybe. No, it's over. That's it. Yeah, it's done. done. Right. And here's the other thing, um, if we may, just because it's, you know, uh, it's sometimes nuanced, right? But, you know, part of being a good partner, so this is part of partner etiquette, is checking in, right? Like checking in to see someone, how someone's doing, right? And you can do that in sexy, fun ways. It doesn't have to be like, are you okay? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can be like, hey, is it feeling all right? You know, like you can do that cash, right? It? Like, yes. You know? Um, especially if you know that this is something that your partner has been a bit hesitant about or nervous about, and you know that it's not a part of typical play. And I say that because people, we, one of our very first episodes was the impact of arousal on decision-making. Yep. Right. Do you remember that Makes one? Makes us crazy. Yep. Yeah. It, the more aroused and excited we get, often we can get really lost in our own excitement and arousal and stop paying attention to things. I mean, literally, like our brains, right? Stop paying attention to things. We may be more likely to um, even shift sometimes in our morals. Yeah. Research on this, yeah, right? Yeah, there's a lot of research like this, on that. Yeah, you told right, me. This, this impacts, right, how sometimes we behave. And so it is easy to get lost in your own excitement and arousal. And especially if your partner's like maybe doing something with you for the first time that you've been like really wanting to do, that might jack you up a little bit, right? Yeah. Like that might get you a little cranked. And so just being mindful about like, just like almost setting an intention of like, before you begin, like, I need to be checking in, I need to be paying attention, because your arousal is going to be making it sometimes difficult to do that. It's so much easier to adapt to our weaknesses when we acknowledge that we have them. Agreed. Agreed. Right. And if I um, may, and, if I may jump in on yeah. this, on this kind of piggyback, uh, and I think you're going to talk about it anyway. But my whole thing with this is also be kind where people are getting nervous and and may be uncomfortable or are concerned if something does happen, like there's a little bit of doo doo bird on the end of a dildo or a toy or a penis or something like that, or on a figure. Be kind. Don't make a big deal. As we we're talking about earlier yeah. in the episode, just hop in the shower, 30 seconds, no big deal. Because if somebody is going to be vulnerable enough 
to be participating in this with you, then you should be understanding in what can happen in those moments. And I think that it is a really important to be kind. It's like a big pet peeve of mine. I think we've talked about it in, in other episodes, not just like with anal play, but in general. Just be kind, okay? Be yeah. Kind. Well, and I and I think that, I mean, I would agree with that. And I think that it also sometimes, right, let's say you're really cranked up to engage in some type of anal play. Let's say anal intercourse, right, is sort of something your partner agrees to do that. You got to let it be okay if it doesn't meet up to the expectations you, you set for yes. it in your mind, yes. right? It's new. You have to let your partner catch up. And I say that because a lot of times people will try something new. They take a risk for their partner and then sometimes their partner sends a message, whether either very verbally or non-verbally, that it wasn't good enough. Right. Right. And nothing's going to dissuade a person <laughs> from wanting to try something with you again more than them feeling like it wasn't good enough. Right. That's not that doesn't build eroticism. That doesn't build sexy fun. You know, and I get that sometimes we get attached to our expectations and it's hard when they're not met. But as long as you can see someone's trying and they're they're giving it a go, even if it's not to your ideal or even if it's a little far from your ideal. Like, let's say you wanted anal intercourse and your partner says, I don't know about that, but uh, you know what? Maybe I'll let you engage in some, you know, a finger, right? If you pout and you're like, well, I don't want a finger. Like, I wanted, you know, my penis or I wanted the toy in you, right? Like, if you're like pouting about that, that's not going to make your partner feel safe. And it's certainly, Definitely you know, not. not, right. And then you also don't get maybe something else that you really would enjoy. That's right. Because you are all, maybe also getting stuck in some all or nothing thinking. And, you know, I say that and a lot of people might think like, oh, who would do that? Well, sometimes people do that. It's some a common, you would be it's surprised. A, you would be very it's surprised. A, it's, a listeners. Common, uh, it's a common dialogue I've yep. had uh, both personally and professionally. Yep. So that certainly does happen when people feel like their efforts aren't good enough and it reduces motivation. The other thing I would say about just quick checking in, not just <laughs> if someone, when I said like, if someone just because you started something doesn't mean you're obligated to finish it. Sometimes somebody's may not verbally be telling you, which is why you have to pay attention. A lot of times when it comes to things like this, people don't pay attention to body cues, right? That's true. And so if someone is wincing in pain or they're making faces that you can very yeah. clear, like they don't like it. Yeah. And you, and you are conveniently ignoring it because you don't want your pleasure to stop. Not cool. Is, it's not cool. And it's definitely not, again, it's not going to help sustainability of you two having a good time. So paying attention, not just to verbal cues, but body cues. Yep. Um, the last thing that I would say, just because it's important for your, this is less about partner etiquette, but more about your awareness. If you're someone that's never engaged in anal penetration before, particularly if you're doing it with bigger objects like toys, um, like a bigger dildo or a penis, don't be surprised if it impacts how you go to the bathroom for the next day or so. Correct. Your body is not broken. <laughs> you are not damaged at all. You, but, you, but you may have shifted some things around. Now, if you engage in very rigorous rigorous activity and there's like blood or there are other things that you are not, that are, aren't going away, then you need to you can get to the doctor. Yeah, right? you go to the doctor. It but, that's a, but that's very clear. That is a very rare thing. That is yep. not something that Thank happened. Thank you for saying that. It is a very is rare, rare occurrence. That is a rare thing. Um, and as always... Use protection, people, yes. right? <laughs> Use protection. And if you're engaging in anal intercourse, right, 
higher degrees of risk around the transmission of STIs just because you have um, more capacity to maybe, you know, rip skin and for there to be blood and things like that. And so please safer sex practices. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, and in closing, if I may, because I can see that on your face, you want me to shut up. So in closing, <laughs> really really fast. Like, I don't want to get it in. I want to get it in. I want to get it in. And in closing, right? Like just as a reminder, Try not to let it be all or nothing. Anal play can be anything from some mild external stimulation to oral play to like full on penetrative intercourse, right? And if this is something you're interested in, really trying to hold on to this idea that there are lots of ways to engage in this, maybe just by yourself, maybe with a partner, but trying to get out of like an all or nothing mindset with it. Uh, Done. Great. Wow. You did that. It was like you were, it was like you were sprinting to the finish line. <laughs> you were like, and then it was and I'm done. I got it. Stuck the landing. You know, I can see your out of time face. Well, so. no, I'm just that's our out of time face. I my job as the host, as we explained in the last episode, is to make sure that we stay on task. We don't want to go too long. I mean, listen, yeah. I could talk about anal for the next three or four hours. Like I could just keep going on and on. I just know I'm, that I'm... our listeners would be like, okay. So <laughs> We need to wrap it up sometimes. We do need we do need to wrap it up. And so we're going to wrap it up right now. So I'm going to say thank you to you, Doc. Thank you for opening our minds to the world of anal play from the mindful aspects of anal play to all the way up to intercourse possibilities. So thank you. Thank you for being so real about it. It's something that I do love and I am a big advocate for. I think it's great. And having someone like the doc to uh, explain it all in ways that just doesn't sound nasty and wrong and hurtful and, you know, scary. Thank you, doc. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> so thank you to all of our listeners uh, that come back week after week to listen to the University of Pleasure. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Be kind to one another. Things are hard right now. And certainly, please don't feel guilty, even though things are difficult, if you go and find yourself a little bit of... Pleasure. Wow, you really... That took forever. Like... <laughs> well, you know, we're doing this via Skype, so, like, your your finger guns <laughs> were sort of delayed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, as always. And please take care of yourselves. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye, Doc. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And special thanks to our new associate producer, Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. <laughs>